everyone good afternoon we are back with the candidate sisaroni live once again after 15 episodes and this time we are like really excited with the guests that we have we have with us radhika and parul of black taxi they are the founders and we are so excited because one of them is traveling from us one is traveling from bombay and it is just like an opportune time for us to ask what is a modern shopper uh, behave like how has the evolution of a modern shopper taken place um the two founders have been kind of bringing black taxi since 2011 the interesting bit is um, parul was a corporate professional and radhika was into merchandising and styling and so how did this entire journey turn around you know let us hear it from both the founders that what led you both to start black taxi in the first place with the careers that you were already doing so um i was I, I was in the regular corporate nine to five um, job, and um, but at the same time, my family is into the textiles business. Okay. So it's kind of in my blood like that. Um, we were already having talks um, at home about me moving out of uh, my corporate job and joining my dad. Sure. So that was an open dialogue that was already happening, and um, so this is a discussion that Radhika and I had about. Uh, starting a platform where we can have designers that are uh, working on their labels in their private studios or want to start up and this is back in 2011 when there weren't as many platforms sure. to showcase sure. and there were very few avenues to shop so um you know it it's i guess it was meant to be so it started off as a dialogue and it's here today what do you think about it radhika what's your take on the starting because you were working as a merchandiser and a stylist right so i come from a fashion marketing background sure. i was working with a pretty uh, big fashion house in uh, mumbai as a merchandiser so i had a lot of exposure and access to labels that were already existing in india yes uh so i also understood the problems because you know the only avenue for these guys to sell used to be a brick and mortar store yes and uh, that wasn't accessible and you know also affordable to a lot of people yes um that's actually when um i was planning to leave my job as well you know wanted to try something new i started freelancing for a couple of my friends who had moved back to bombay uh, which is their home city to start their own label sure and uh, they faced a lot of you know they 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 reached a standing you know standstill point as to okay now we started a label you know we have a collection what do we do now yeah and um, they said can you you know so that's how i think parul and i started having this it was a very casual talk you know where do you shop where do you go everybody is wearing the same stuff right you know online shopping wasn't accessible at that right. point and this is right. from like 2011 yeah so um we actually saw a big gap in the market which i think it was one of those things you know the right opportunity at the right time correct and i think black taxi just was a product of that lovely it was a discussion that started in the afternoon and by the evening things were so and yeah. next day we, we were talking uh, to a lawyer to put the uh, company name in a place and do the paperwork so that was yeah. that's it, how confident we felt about yeah it's rolled out in a day fantastic so how was your first experience like you know just to uh, go back in the nostalgia and tell us like uh, the first exhibition in in bombay ahmedabad surat singapore you know so how did that happen because every time it's anxiety 
Yeah, every exhibition actually, every event feels <laughs> yeah. like a first event. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, it does. So the first event, I think, um, so it happened in April 2011. And we started very small. You know, when we started off, we literally um, had 25 designers and labels, I want to say. Yeah. Um, Mumbai, obviously, was the city that we hosted the first event in. And um, it just, uh, we were honestly... So we, we were a new company. We did yes. not have marketing yes. budgets for holdings yes. or newspaper yes. ads. Of course. It, was, of course. it was purely through social media and word of mouth. Uh, and we had 650 shoppers in wow. one day. Wow. In, uh, back in the day. And, uh, you know, honestly, we were just ourselves. I think we went through a little bit of a state of shock. Yeah, we, we got overwhelmed with it. Yeah, yeah, it was very, not just for us, even our designers. It yeah. was very overwhelming for everybody. Sure. You know, when we put that show together, hmm. it was, uh, we have visited people that just had a concept in mind to start, you know, to do something. This is, you know, apparel and non-apparel. And they just had a concept. And we had a concept of what we were going to do on that day. And they started planning for for their brand with us and launched with us. Wow. So it was, an, it was an amazing journey. And we've seen those brands grow from there to what they are now. And it's... It's really amazing. It must yeah. be quite exciting. Yeah. So how about Ahmedabad? How was your first experience in Ahmedabad or Surat? You know, since we're talking about the Gujarat market. Right. What was your first experience like? It was, uh, again, I'm going to use the word overwhelming because a mm -hmm. um, couple of things with Ahmedabad and Surat that happened, which exceeded our expectations. One mm -hmm. was the buying power that Gujarat has. Okay. Um, it's a great, great... Um, you know, it's, it's a very integral part of the country's economy. Yes, absolutely. Considering the amount of businesses that run out of Gujarat. Especially yes. also for us, because we predominantly deal, we are directly or indirectly associated with the textile or jewelry industry. Absolutely. Which is, this is the hub for it. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, so the buying power amazed us. Uh, the other thing I have to be honest about is, and which we still feel that, is uh, it surprises us with every season that we come back in? Yeah, is yeah. how fashion forward and conscious the women are of Ahmedabad and Surat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ahmedabad's got some real good style. Yeah, yeah. it has changed over the years. It no, has when, we, when no? we started the year we came, I remember, uh, you know, when we had we had everything in place and we were sitting um, at our event, and the kind of women that walked in. Um, the clothes already, the style, it was all, it's already there. Yeah, it's and like a lot of, it's, it's got good, um, uh, I mean, they've got a good style sense as well as like, they've got choice. Right. Like, they, they demand creativity, um, they demand quality. So, I think the shoppers here are very, um, they're very knowledgeable, they know what they they're want. Informed. Very yeah. informed, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's actually amazing to come to Ahmedabad every time. It's a learning experience of uh, how to step forward for us as well. And Surat, what would you say? Same, so very similar, similar experience, very I want similar. to say. Um, I feel like, I think the first time we had a lot of designers participate when we came to Ahmedabad, the first edition. A lot of our designers had come to Ahmedabad for the first time with their collections. Right. The second time they came, their collections were even better because they themselves were, you know, they're like, you know, women here want very stylish yeah. stuff. They yeah. want very, yeah. you know, so it, it was a pretty good amalgamation of comfort and style. Okay. And although I think on that note, I want to say that um, I, I felt like Surat still has a lot of coming out. 
so that's what yeah. I really want to kind of understand, you know, because a Bombay shopper, like sitting here in Ahmedabad, I always feel a Bombay shopper is going to think very, very differently, you know, and uh, probably an Ahmedabad shopper is always going to think value for money is what my understanding is. And probably a Surat, uh, because it's quite exposed to Mumbai, mm -hmm. um, probably the spending power is a little different there. So considering you guys have done business at these three places plus internationally, what's your take on the behavior of a shopper? So in terms of value for money, I feel like uh, a Bombay shopper as much demands it as an Ahmedabad shopper. Yeah, they do? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I okay. think from our learnings, an Ahmedabad shopper and a Bombay shopper are very alike. Okay. They're very okay. alike in terms of their demands and right. they're very alike in terms of their, uh, their spend. They are okay spending a lot of money. They, they don't shy from, uh, you know, an outfit that might be uh, oh, like uh, priced more than what they would like to spend. Right. But they want uh, new styles, new creations. Exclusivity, and things, yeah, fashion forward. They, they want the, they want value for money for what they're getting. Yeah. So the same thing with a Bombay shopper and an, and an Ahmedabad shopper. Right. Um, Surat, I feel like, is evolving in its uh, design, style. So, um, so I think, in fact, the Surat market's going to change a lot more than what an Ahmedabad or a uh, Bombay market is going to be. Sure. So, because an Ahmedabad or a uh, Bombay market's more evolved. Yeah. Surat's going to be there very soon. So Surat, um, just a little uh, thing that we observed, you know, while Sisaroni is there in Surat, and so we've been kind of reviewing multiple exhibitions that come there. We realized that the taste is very different, you know, in Surat. Like everything is very ornate, you know. So um, that's what our and understanding was at the end of it. Yeah, style, um, yeah. Probably they wanted more ornate stuff or more... Um, I think reason Surat being a textile hub of the country, there is so much access to simpler, like just fabrics. That it's fabric. easy for women to go out there with fabrics and like just get simpler stuff made. That's an so interesting come, point. So when yeah. they come to an exhibit or an event like ours, what they want is they want to see the value in the in the in the fabric, which comes from in India especially, it comes from embroideries. Yeah. And it comes from cuts and it comes from style and fit. Right. So if you offer these four things, yeah. so for me, um, you know, um, my aunt actually visited uh, our event uh, two days ago in Surat. Surat she was saying yeah. the same thing. She's yeah. like, you know, this fabric is very easily accessible. And this is a really interesting input for the designers that come with us, which Absolutely. we plan on giving to them. Because this was correct, a learning correct. we just had. Correct. He, you know, the fabrics over here are so easily accessible to me. So if you've got an embroidery or some accent that is an additional value add for me, I'll, yeah, buy, I'll pay yeah. for it. Yeah. Only and so, only if you give me something extra. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And I also want to add to that to say, um, I think there's an Indian uh, sense huh. when we uh, that we've also seen like in our own selves over the years. Um, like if you were you were buying occasion wear, mm. it had to have embroidered, huh. right? Mm -hmm. Like it was huh. some time back when you would go buy, like you wouldn't buy a plain, um, like a plain outfit because it had sure. to have some kind of embellishment on it or yeah. handwork on it or something. Mm. And I think over the years now the, the design sense and approach is completely different. Like if it's styled right, fits right, cut right, even if, if it has nothing on it, it'll be as admired or more so. I feel like that's 
kind of a part of evolution that Mumbai or Ahmedabad has Maybe seen. Yeah. Like uh, that's what I meant by evolution. That these markets are not. Uh, uh, they don't ask for uh, something that's in your face embroidered or yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, they're okay with it being like just a bold color, like a bold or simple stripes or whatever. But at, as far as it's uh, cut styled differently. Sure. Surat is evolving from that That's the embroidered hari kaam. You know, your mom would look like a hari plain pen ke jayi. That yeah. I think that's where Surat is evolving from. Yeah. To going into styles. Right. So that's what I meant by. Um, but I think it'll be there in a few years. So there's a lot of potential there, and I think that's the story with a lot of cities in in our country. Absolutely. How was Singapore? the reception to the entire different kind of um, diversity right over there though indian diaspora right, right. but uh, what are their demands like um so singapore is actually funnily it demands a lot more indian contemporary outfits right right because of course. you know it's a it's a market which is outside of the country so they don't have access to a lot of uh, you know homegrown brands that we have access absolutely. to absolutely what they have access to is the international high street brands. So what we try when we curate a show for Singapore, um, we try to take more Indian wear, um, more occasion wear, more prep, and uh, a lot of contemporary uh, Indian labels sure. that work with really nice textiles. People are very, very yeah. fond of fabric and textiles there. So we do a lot of Kota Chandelis, we do a lot of silks, a um, lot of really nice mulls and cottons, uh, that kind of stuff. They love it, they love and uh, yeah, it's not just the Indian market that comes and shops with us in Singapore. We also had a lot of uh, you know non-Indian expats that came and enjoyed the collection that shopped with us. Yeah, which was a really pleasant surprise for us. So like a brand like Supai Sagar, it's huh. really well huh. appreciated. Yeah, I think it is being appreciated everywhere. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> he's, so just it, he's just spend it right, you know, like the, the trend oh, and all Yeah, the but trend. also see again, that's not, so when you wear a Saugat outfit, huh. you're not wearing an Indian, uh, like an Indian suit or an Indian sari. Right. You, you could wear it to different occasions. Sure. So... That's again the Singapore market's open to that. So you right? contemporize it, I guess. Yeah. It's more so, of that. So again, Singapore market is um, Singapore market has a lot of young professionals. Yes. There again, you and me settled abroad for yeah. uh, right. you know, uh, with corporate jobs or other other kind of professions, and uh, they're looking for outfits to wear in their circles. Sure. So again, um, Singapore's actually very similar hmm. um, to the Mumbai market. Hmm. Uh, but Singapore is again asking for Singapore is a more thirsty market than a Mumbai <laughs> market because the avenues they don't have the right. so with the exhibitions you know let's let's kind of come to analyze the market a bit you know when you kind of started in 2011 we are in 2019 it's almost going to be a decade of black taxi yeah, yeah decade of black taxi and I think the market dynamics have changed completely in like last 10 years, the disposable income have increased and so the buying parity has changed. Mm -hmm. And so we see, like in Ahmedabad itself, we see a lot of exhibitions happening on routine basis. Mm -hmm. So there are three, four kinds uh, of exhibitions that happen. One is like everybody and anybody who decides to put up four or five like, brands together. So that is there. 
And then there are uh, curators like yourself who kind of put up a big exhibit. Mm -hmm. And then there are curators who would bring in just one designer, mm -hmm. like one really fancy designer, so, you know, yeah. so mm -hmm. something like that. And um, then, of course, the uh, designer themselves do shows, you right. know. So, uh, what's your opinion on this? Because, one, is it so what's the pros and cons of it? Saturation of the market? Or the opportunity in the market. What would you think of it? I as? actually feel like uh, to each his own. <laughs> we're no one to judge. Yeah. Uh, we're in our own space. Right. We enjoy what we do. Right. We do this a lot. We started a, this also from a point of view to create an avenue for our own shopping, which has now, uh, you know, multiplied uh, like that. But I actually feel like uh, solo shows work good for some. Right. Um, the other kind of events that you mentioned where uh, there's a set of designers uh, handpicked or not. Right. Um, they work for them. So I actually feel like... No, what I meant was that there's so many things happening. How does it affect one's business, you know? Does one see it as an opportunity that, oh my God, since so many, so many things are happening, so there's a pie for everyone? Or does it work, work as a challenge, you know? I think it's a little bit of both, okay. honestly. Uh, it's definitely challenging for us. Right. Uh, I'll give you two perspectives. Too. Yes, yes. As an organizer hmm. and as a, as a shopper, right. right? Right. So as a shopper, I see it as an opportunity. But also as a shopper, you come to a saturation point, right? Because you're just, it's, it's very overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, also right. because this culture is very new for, uh, you know, India. And everything I feel like is, ha and this is just my opinion. Right, you know? right, right, of course, um, of course. I think everything in India in terms of retail is happening at suddenly together. Yes. Um, online stores, online yeah, you shopping. You see every single day. S no, every yeah. day there's 70, 80 percent. Yeah, the word going sale on. has really lost its value. Absolutely. <laughs> and the word MRP is also losing its value. Absolutely. Um, you don't know what's MRP and what's discount. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's suddenly been too much, um, you know, accumulation of avenues for shopping. We went from having very minimal avenues to shop in two years ka span. It just went like there's too much option. It's overblown. So it's overblown and it's saturated and uh, it's a bubble. And I feel like it needs to burst at some point only because uh, it's taking a toll on the kind of quality of product that we have access to. It's taking a toll on, um, you know, uh, the costs that we are, you know, the, the budgeting and the costs that we are spending now. Sure. It's also taking a big toll um, on the expenses for the designers. Of course, yes. You know, uh, things are getting more and more expensive and the demand and supply are just not in sync anymore. Right, right. So that has to sort of match up. But I think that's also because, you know, like Parul said earlier that a lot of cities are so... You know, we sometimes we underestimate the buying power and we think Bombay, Delhi, Calcutta are the only cities that have like the money to spend. But that's actually very, very wrong. There are tier two, tier three cities in India which are huge buying powers and you'll be shocked at how fashion forward and style conscious these cities are. And um, I think next two or three years are going to be a really interesting transitional phase for the country and for retail to see where we, you know, end up getting to as a market. It's but very interesting that you mentioned that because you know um, we've spoken to Flipkart in between to the mm -hmm. spokesperson 
And so they say that the major orders on Flipkart also comes from tier 2, tier 3 cities. Yeah. Somewhere like Raipur, Bareilly, yeah, or right. probably from Agartala. That's you know, right. you are getting right. the orders from those cities yeah. where we don't even think about probably going. Yeah, no, and I actually think that's uh, where we need to be because, you know, even if you're not getting, um, and I, that's what I, when I've spoken to designers and, um, you know, when you hear their side of the story and they tell you we've tried XYZ city and they, it hasn't done well for us because uh, we do really well in Bombay, Hyderabad, Calcutta, Delhi, but we're not doing well in these smaller cities. My uh, point of view has always been that you need to go back yeah. Because, you know, you expect that the same city is going to react in the same way every every year as you go. But know that city is evolving. evolving. You know, things are changing there. And I actually feel like it's uh, an onus on you to also bring style into that, your style into that city. Absolutely. As much as that city just absorbing you when you go in. Sure. I, I think the, the onus is on both ends for you to change the style there, for that style to absorb you. So... I think, I think we don't need to. We need to try harder in those cities and bring about. I think that's where the market is now. The market is there. The business there. Yeah. 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 I mean, we get uh, messages on social yeah. media all the time uh, from uh, people asking us, "When are you coming here? When are you coming here?" And uh, I think mostly it's um, Raipur, hmm. Indore, Baroda. I mentioned that. Yeah, you said. <laughs> So it's yeah. Raipur, Indore, Baroda. Um, we have a lot of people asking us to come to Jalandhar and Ludhiana. Lovely. We have a lot of people asking us to come. I said, I, I think I said Baroda already. Yes, you did. You did. You <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, lots of inquiries about Baroda. Nice. I think with Ahmedabad and Surat, Baroda is feeling a little left out. Left out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Small cities so, have a lot of potential. I think that's where your next market is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So with the market discussion, um, there's a lot of discussion coming around the Make in India concept and the crafts yeah. of India mm. and the handloom. You know, in this entire surge of designers that is kind of coming up who want to use Indian textiles now in a very contemporary form. Mm -hmm. So what about Black Taxi and bringing a very different show around it? Like, do you have yeah, thoughts so we, about that? So we were very excited when the whole, uh, when our PM announced the whole uh, Made in India thing. <laughs> because I think that's what, you know, that's what we've prided ourselves on. Because all our designers are, uh, they're homegrown. Yeah. They're, they're made in India. The, the fabrics from here, the textiles are from here, the, the work on them is from here. So everything is, and that's what I enjoy taking. Uh, in Singapore the most because yes. you're taking products from here and selling it there and then they're appreciated so much more sure and um, and again so when you know when we do the big city small city discussion in India that kind of works with a with a country that's evolved and established in a country that's evolving or you there's know, a difference to there, it there is a difference to it so um, in terms of style as well sometimes when you're you know, if you're in the US or the UK and you go shopping and you're like, uh, ye cheez das saal mele thi. Like, yeah. the styles have, they haven't changed there much. The, the sense of dressing hasn't changed there much. Whereas in India, it's seen a huge change. Sure, sure. So, uh, I in fact don't enjoy my shopping there as much right. anymore because I think we have the colors, we have the vibes, we have the prints and so much more. What do you think about it, Radhika? Oh, I'm a huge supporter of the Make in India. Uh, in fact, we actually, as Black Taxi, whatever little effort we can make uh, to support artisans and small-scale uh, cottage industries, 
we do work with a lot of non-profits. We have Udgreen downstairs who okay. works with, you know, they have their own uh, um, training center for sure. where they provide employment for women. Sure. And sure. Uh, they work with, work proactively and they're trying to revive the Shibori technique and the natural dyeing techniques and stuff. Um, and um, I think it's, uh, it's great. In fact, uh, I also uh, feel that, you know, having studied at, and, you know, it's been a while, but design schools have involved so much. Yes. Uh, yes. And they are encouraging. You know, there used to be a time when I was in school, uh, in design school over here, it used to be all about, uh, you know, um, following trends. Yeah. And now the focus has become on how to, how to be a leader in trends rather than just blatantly being follower. Sure. And I think that's, that's really needed. Yes. In, in especially when it comes down to fashion in India. Absolutely. And um, I definitely think they are leaders in so many techniques. You see uh, runway shows of so many designers on international fashion weeks. Yes. Um, the you know the hand embroideries, the textiles. You see so much India in those collections. Um, that That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. They're incorporating a lot of. Uh, yeah. You see, they're being inspired by yeah. us. Yeah. You see, kanji varams and brocades and banarsis in gowns and you know couture now. So it's fun. It's it's uh, very exciting. It's exciting. It is very ahead. exciting. Exciting time yeah. ahead. So there are two topics which I want to touch base again. Um, these are the topics which are kind of doing rounds in the fashion fraternity for mm -hmm. a long time now. So one of them is repeat wear, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's like really gained momentum with Meghan Markle also kind of getting into mm -hmm. Meghan Markle or Kate Middleton yeah. or probably homegrown like let's say Priyanka Chopra. There are a lot of people who are um, kind of really highlighting on repeat wear um, um, as a movement. Mm -hmm. And since you guys are into the business of exhibitions, you know, you are the aspirational, aspiration providers, you know. That's how I see that, you know, you guys like bring out like the best of the curation and you're Thank like, you, you know, exciting people about it. Like, you know, oh my God, this fantastic thing is coming. So as a person who believes in repeat wear, I get like, you know, oh my God, I want to buy this. But you know, oh my God, I can't like really do that because of the philosophy that I believe into. So how do you so, kind of perceive that? So, you know, I really think that uh, there is a whole market in India that will evolve into pre-loved or pre-owned wear. Yeah. yeah. So there needs to be a balance, right? I, I understand you, like we want to, uh, I repeat my outfits. Yeah. You should, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's, yeah. that's. I think the next step will be clothing. Yeah. Especially, um, I think 
a good place to start would be sarees and wedding hangers. Yes. Just because wedding of the wedding. amount of money that we have, yeah. you know, we spend on absolutely, um, our, you know, wedding um, outfits. It's. Uh, but do you also think a rental business should be a good one in this case, like yeah. a rental market? I think that's already uh, really picked up here. Yeah, um, I think it started it. It has it's still like a lot of cultural stigma, stigma yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know, so people don't want to tell that, hey, I rented it. Yeah. People don't yeah. want to tell, hey, I bought second hand. Exactly. Know? Like we, Sisarani hosted the first ever pre-loved garage sale, you know, we yeah. did that like a month ago. And we were also like really conscious about it, that, you know, we don't know how is the market going to respond to it because it's radical. In yeah. a place like Gujarat, it's typically, I feel, very, very radical thing that we did and it was overwhelming to see the response. That's awesome. That's yeah. really yeah. 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 It yeah. shows that people are opening their minds. Exactly. Yeah. We had like 100, yeah. 100 buyers. Like for us, it was an yeah. achievement in itself. That's a know? huge potential right? uh, in our country. Yeah. Right. So yes. pre-loved and the cultural stigma yeah. is what you And saying. like she said, you know, the whole wedding, Truzo, uh, yeah. you, you spend so much money on outfits that uh, you want someone else to wear them. Of course. You know, because yeah. they're just... And we always share our clothes. Yeah. yeah. Which always used Which to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Like we are always and relatives and everyone yeah, swapping the clothes yeah. was always yeah. a norm. We share our clothes, we share our accessories and you know, I, like sometimes we feel like we have two closets instead of one. So now just automatically so we buy lesser. So your sales have, your buying has become 50% if you have another person's closet, <laughs> you know, have access, access to, to it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Because you shouldn't stop enjoying the whole buying process. Correct, correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So fashion is never going to go away because fashion brings in aspiration. You know, that's I, that's how I feel. Yeah. It is it it is the identity. It's your identity. Right. You need to keep communicating. You yeah. know, through your identity. So yeah. that's never going to go away. So, which is one last question that we come to, and so um, we discussed it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the what's the whole deal about? Um, the market dynamics and plagiarism, you know, the word has picked up like really a lot in last two, three years with uh, pages like Diet Sabya coming into picture and like pointing a lot of people and we see a lot of social media shaming also around it. Yeah. You know, like things have like really been vocal. Mm -hmm. But is that the only way or do you see any other way? How do you feel as exhibitors, you know, as the curators, you kind of... Uh, we... Uh as curators, I think we have a very strong stance on it. Where, as you know, when it comes to plagiarism, we don't, yeah. we consciously don't support it. Yeah. But um, I think if there is ever, an, we've been lucky enough to not, you know, uh, have had any such uh, unfortunate incident incident that has happened. Uh, happened. But um, I think it's an important conversation that the country needs to have and address. I um, am torn between the atti general attitude and sentiment towards it or just the approach towards it. Right. For personally, for me, it's a little too aggressive. Right. Um, right. I think a more courteous conversation and a more... Need to take place. Yeah, and I think a more honest, uh, confrontational conversation needs to take place. Uh, and I feel like this needs to start at a much grassroots level. Sure. It needs to start with... Um, educational institutions that Precisely. are, uh, you know, ingraining uh, this into you that this is wrong, right. you know, uh, when right. you go to fashion schools like NIFT, NID, you know, I think, I think they are such huge influences. Sure. And so many, um, every year they have thousands and thousands of graduates. So I feel like that, it has to start over there, this sure. conversation. Sure. 
Um, and then it can't be a sudden overnight change, it right? So be expecting that is yeah. not fair. Yeah. Um, so that gradual change will happen, and we are hoping that it will. <laughs> but no, um, it yeah. Will, it will. Great. So I have a couple of questions, but I believe most of them I have asked. There's one thing which I would want to ask you still is um, when it comes to okay, okay, well, challenges. One of the challenges you faced earlier, um, and now you do not have to face those challenges anymore because of the change in the market. Any anything that you have kind of figured out? So in about nine years ago when we started in 2011. Um, there were homegrown brands, right? But there were much fewer, huh. um, and uh, people didn't know of us back then. So I think some of the challenges were in, um, in you know, in kind of approaching labels, encouraging people to start, and um, and getting uh, getting production. You know, linking them with production uh, studios, or or helping them in you know how to kind of how they could um, step forward in into the production business after the conceptual idea. Um, I think now all of that has changed. So there's a lot of avenues um, that people are now have now been introduced to. So so there's a lot more designers out there. There, there's a lot of mentors out there. So anybody that's getting into the design field, there's um, there's different ways to uh, start your business when you're starting. And so, so for us, the challenges that we faced to get designers on board have lessened quite a lot because more of systemization and processes. And, and a lot more, more people want to do this. And sure. a lot more people that are able to do this because of processes in place. So the last question, what's next for Black Taxi? Wait and watch, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you want people to be curious, is it? You know, I think yes. so. I think curiosity, you know, yeah. generates excitement. So <laughs> but we do have a lot of but concepts we're working on. So yeah, there is right. concepts. Yeah, and I think uh, we touched on this, that there are other markets and avenues in India that Absolutely. we want to explore. Absolutely. So we're working on a couple of things. Great. Well, sister only asks us to do the next Freedom House in Ahmedabad. <laughs> we, would, we, would totally totally we would totally like to do that. Yeah. And we look forward to all the exciting adventures that you're going to bring together with Black Taxi. Thank, thank you, you for having thank us. You. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. We'll see you at the event. Yay. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, Black Taxi is hosting the exhibition today and tomorrow at Courtyard Marriott. If you have some time and if you love shopping, this is the place to be. And we will see you next week, Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. with another guest on Candidate Cicerone Live. Thank you.